so yeah, George and I kind of just did a shoot together one day in similar swimwear and she was flying to the US that night and I was flying back to Perth. We did the shoot in Sydney. And so yeah, did the shoot. I ran to the airport still in my bathers and soaking wet to go back to <laughs> Perth. And then, yeah, we, I think maybe a week later was International Women's Day and we posted one of the photos and it blew up. And welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart women who love dumb stuff. Today on the show, we are joined by the legend that is Kate Wosley. You might know Kate from her time as one half of Anybody Co. As an in-demand model and influencer herself, Kate has graced the coveted pages of Sports Illustrated's swimsuit edition in 2018. But perhaps her most important role today is the one she plays in our conversations about body image online. We caught up with Kate on her latest trip to Melbourne where, in her hotel room with her best friend Talia by her side, she proved through kindness and no bullshit how she's built the career she has. Just before we do get into the chat though, please note this episode does touch on issues around disordered eating habits and may be triggering for some listeners. Here's Kate. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We've been big fans for a long time of you. Me as well. We've of you, fo- not me. <laughs> <laughs> you. We've been following you for what feels like forever, I think. And I remember the day when you posted about Shameless on your Instagram story. I still remember how excited we were because we're like, oh my God, we love Kate. And I said to you, act a little bit more chill in your reply. Like, don't act over the top. I and wasn't then I chill. went into our DMs and she'd already replied something outrageously oh, yeah. non chill. I got a million emojis and I knew it was Michelle. <laughs> okay, it Kate, tell us, you are in Melbourne at the moment. What are you, and you travel a lot too. I do. What are you reading, watching, listening to at the moment? At the moment, apart from you guys every Monday, not that I'm sucking up, um, <laughs> I'm actually listening to an audiobook called Dietland at the moment, which is very up my alley. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, but yes, it's basically about diet culture and all the things that young women are sold maybe without them knowing about how they should look. Um, and yeah, I would, I would say that anyone who's um, maybe dealt with eating disorders or anything I might put out a bit of a trigger warning for it because it does bring up a lot of issues that I know I've dealt with in the past. But it is very feminist and it's written really well. And yeah, I would highly recommend that to everyone because I think it's very up the alley of the shameless listeners. I haven't heard of that one. I'd heard of it, but I need to pick it up and actually read it. Really, really great. Do you have much time to watch things if you are always in the air traveling? Oh. I have so much downtime living in Perth. It's not even funny. Um, Quiet city, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think because I am now living in Perth, my modelling is here and there, I guess, when I'm in Sydney, which might be every fortnight. But apart from that, when I'm at home in Perth, I'm just doing Instagram-sponsored posts and, you know, this and that. Influencer Um, life. Influencer life, yes. But I can do that from bed. So, Mm. And once I've done my, you know my 10 minutes of work I'm just kind of potting around the house and replying to work emails here and there so I do have a lot of spare time and a lot of time to watch stuff yes yeah what do you gravitate towards are you like a true crime buff or I do love true crime um 
Though I can't really watch that with my boyfriend because he's a detective. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. I like throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he likes to come home from work and kind of unplug from all of that stuff. Understandably. Fair enough. Does um, he pick the floors in it too? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Ooh, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> that's, that is, that's absolutely not the point. 100%, yeah. Or like, oh my God, if I was doing this, I'd do it this way. Because um, he's just the best detective in the world, according to him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely true crime love a true crime documentary what else do i watch look i love just having gossip girl on in the background when i'm doing stuff during the day probably have watched that about a million times mm. but haven't yeah we all? haven't we all 100 percent. it's such a good show yes. it actually takes me back to so many times when i was like 13 and just watching my internet oh my television. god i know i can't I just... watch it now that i know the end i feel like i got halfway through gossip girl and then i found out the ending and i just kind of was like well oh that's true you can easily pick the flaws 100 percent like yeah it... none of it made sense everyone's like this is who gossip girl is i'm like well it's fucking not because i'm watching it right now. <laughs> you literally just pick someone in the room yeah. it is my pet hate when people make a drama tv show and they lose sight of what the actual ending's going to be it's like when lost just turned out to be everyone was in a dream sorry <laughs> yeah. if no one's watched lost yeah <laughs> i feel like we should edit that out also nobody watches lost anymore you're yeah. like a decade behind yeah. if you're still watching lost <laughs> kate tell us what you were like as a kid growing up grew up in like, perth grew up in perth yeah been in perth um my whole life apart from the two years i lived in sydney i think i was quite shy as a kid and then maybe when i got to high school i started coming out of my shell a little bit more when you say you were shy what do you mean was it that you struggled to make friends or you were just super quiet and introverted I didn't struggle to make friends, no. I was very, I think, studious in primary school. And when I got to high school, that kind of all went out the window. What do you mean? Um, How so? I probably spent most of my time in the art room in high school when okay. I should have been probably in maths. And what's going on in the art room? Like actual art or is actual that just some... Art. I no. it was like a euphemism. No. <laughs> no. Kissing actual, boys yeah. in the art room. <laughs> no, actual art. Yeah, I, I really love visual arts in high school. Mm. But I was not into my study at all. Couldn't care less because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kind of thought, yeah, I'll figure it out later. Mm. And then I had a year off. I went to Europe for a month or so. Came home, decided, all right, got to, you know, figure this out. Went to TAFE. I became a personal trainer. Did that for a little bit and used that to get into uni to study um, nutrition and health promotion, which I loved. And suddenly I found this like love and passion for my study. And that's probably what I was lacking in high school. But it did come to me later. And where did that interest in nutrition and stuff come from? Like, were you always interested in food and what your relationship with food? When did that sort of peak? Was that before that that degree or after? That was definitely before. That peaked probably my last year of high school. Up until then, I couldn't care what I put in my mouth. I didn't, I don't think I ever thought about it. And I was just living this life that I kind of wish I was living now where I wasn't aware of dieting and I wasn't aware of calories and I wasn't aware of all this stuff that you know women should do that all started I guess when I started seeing other girls in high school dieting and doing this and that and I remember my teachers my home ec teachers were going to boot camps with some of the girls and stuff and they were like they were friends with their mums and everything. And I was kind of like, I'd listen to their conversations and be like, oh, like, is that something I should be doing? And I was seeing these girls that were already skinny and they were dieting and they were on shakes and they were losing weight. And I started becoming more aware of that. Was it like a flick of the switch? Like, oh, I shit, think... maybe I need to start caring about this? Or was yeah. it more gradual than that? I think it was a 
bit of a um, flick of the switch. I used to always, my whole life, I've been bigger. So there's always been comments here and there about my weight, but always there was something I was like, if they got said to me in the moment, I'd be like, oh God, and kind of go into my shell. But then I'd forget about it by tomorrow. I was over it. The more I think about it though, and I think back to how I was in high school and like Talia said, I was a bit of a class clown, I guess. I think a lot of that actually stemmed from being like from this insecurity that I didn't really know that I had. So you had like a hugely extroverted personality by the end of the to overcompensate for... 100% for how I was feeling without knowing that I really had that. So yeah, like I said, I saw other girls dieting and doing shakes and this and that. And then I started doing shakes and this and that. And I remember I got this horrible detox tea thing that literally had all this like, well nutrients in it <laughs> so good for you it was, like, it, was like, it was like bits of sand though it literally had like like it was like drinking a watered down exfoliator like oh it was God. nasty um but I did it and I started noticing results really quick because your girl wasn't eating any food <laughs> so you know very easy to ignore the whole I. Uh, don't have any energy I can't focus or anything when you're not really focused on your studies anyway so that didn't really um affect me at all and I was just like I was getting results people were noticing people were complimenting me and all this stuff that I'd never had and I just loved it like guys were noticing me girls were saying oh my god you look great teachers were saying oh you're doing so well like congratulations on losing weight blah 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 And suddenly I was getting all this praise and I just absolutely fell in love with that. And then that kind of turned into my whole personality and my whole existence was losing weight and knowing about nutrition. And my friends can tell you this, if they bought out a plate of food, I'd be able to tell you how many calories in everything and what came from fat and what came from carbs and how much sugar was in things. Like I just knew Yeah, which I think my friends probably really noticed when we went to Europe. And yeah, we were kind of in Italy and we had this seven course like pasta meal. And I barely ate any of it because, you know, carbs. (laughs) Um, The devil. (laughs) The devil itself. Not really. But yeah, that was my mindset. And I just, I couldn't bear to eat anything that I thought would make me fat again. Do you put a label on it? I know that uh, I had eating problems when I was younger, probably 18 to 20. And I didn't see a psychologist at the time, but I have since. And the label she put on it for me was orthorexia. Do you put a label on what you're I don't. Through? I don't put a label on no. it because I don't think I was to the extent where I could put a label on it. Although mm. I did a few times start bringing my food back up, mm. but I didn't do that all the time. Yeah. So... I did this stupid thing where if I was craving something, I would chew the food and then spit it out. I did the same thing. I used to do – it's funny that your friends realised when you were in Europe because it was the same with me. I would um, take a bite of something, like I'd buy a chocolate bar if my friends were buying a chocolate bar and then throw the rest away. And my friend Emily would be like, why are you doing that? And in my head I was rationalising, well, I'm tasting it, but I'm only tasting a very small bit. I'm not taking in the majority of calories, which now that I look back is just ridiculous. which a lot of people I speak to – you know, they do that. And Mm. I'm kind of thinking like, that's not okay. That's not normal. But this is the problem with eating disorders and like problem eating in general. I feel like so many women, probably all the women listening to this have gone through 
a relationship with food mm-hmm. over the years where there might not be a label on it, but it wasn't quite right but for it's a not bit right. of time. And there should be a label, I think, for that grey area. I just say disordered yeah, eating. Yeah, I think that, that I think that is the label because, then, that I yeah. went through a period of disordered eating. But I think it is important that there is some way to frame it totally. for young girls to be like, there's a difference between having a healthy relationship with food and the relationship and that not. I had. Yeah. Mm. Did your friends say anything to you? I do remember in Europe they pointed out how I was eating, but it wasn't in like an attacking way yeah. or anything. But at the time I was like, what do you mean? That doesn't affect you guys. Like, mm. let me just be healthy. But I wasn't healthy, mm. though. And how no. did you get to a point where you either grew out of that or realised what was going on? That's, like, a tough one. I remember saying to my mum, I don't know how to eat more than 800 calories a day. I don't know. And that, to me now, sounds stupid. Like, just go and buy some food and eat it. Yeah, it's like, eat more than 800 calories. <laughs> exactly. It sounds, it sounds ridiculous to me now, but at the time I just remember saying to mum, I, I, I don't know how to do this. There's, there's nothing that I want to consume. I was, you know, making these smoothies, smoothies, if I got hungry, out of lemon and spinach and water. Oh, smoothie. I'm drinking that young, delish. <laughs> but in my mind, I always used to say to people, yeah, well, I eat to fuel my body, not to enjoy the food. Like, was I fueling my body, though? No. Yeah. So I went and saw a doctor and spoke to them, and she gave me, like, a pamphlet on all these, like, calories in foods and what's healthy and what's, I wouldn't say unhealthy, but I guess, like, sometimes food. Moderation food. Moderation food, yeah. And she's like, you know, try adding beans to your dinner or try adding chickpeas or you know try adding some bread or something um and I kind of started doing that and then along with starting my nutrition degree I was getting told you know this is disordered eating and this is an unhealthy relationship with food and I was just going yep check 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 like that's me so it did take me a while to get out of it and to be quite honest I still have those thoughts now like with everyone doing the keto diet, the temptation for me is real. Like I, you know, sometimes I wake up and I want that five kilo weight loss in a month. I think as well, it never really goes away. Like even a month ago, I think I said to Zara, I'm like, I'm saying this out loud so I can hold myself accountable. I'm not eating enough at the moment. And I think it's, um, if you've ever had a history of disordered eating, it's noticing slipping back into those habits mm-hmm. again and being able to call it out. And I said to Mitch as well, Definitely. I'm like, Mitch, I'm not eating enough and I want to tell you this so that I can actually hear myself say it yeah, yeah. and get the feedback so I can then – and then I correct it again. 100%. But when I was 18, I wouldn't have been able to do yeah. that. And I think it's, it's very important to have people around you that you can say that to. Um, and I know when I told my boyfriend about like thinking about doing keto and stuff, he was like, you, you know you don't need to lose weight for me to find you attractive or for me to want to be with you. And even just hearing that, although I knew it, just hearing that from him, I was like, oh, you're right. Like you're with me for me, not... But it's also so hard because we're always told that skinny equals attractive. Is that yes. something for you where if weight was always an insecurity, like that must be very difficult to navigate when the entire world is telling you that one body type is the ideal. Yeah. How do you feel about that now? Um, well, because I've kind of built my modeling and influencing career around that, um, I've turned those comments into motivation. So when I do get a comment like that, I think, yep, you know what? what I'm doing and what I'm putting out into the world needs to be done because I think that definitely that um, idea needs to change. And I'm, you know, study, having studied nutrition and health promotion, I know obesity is an issue. 
Um, and I know that comes along with a lot of health conditions and can be very, very serious. And I say that because I do get a lot of comments saying, well, now you're just promoting obesity, which, yeah, sigh. Um, (laughs) How do those comments make you feel? Do you respond to them? Do you ignore them? I try not to respond to people's comments at all, but my God, sometimes it's hard because I do have this this side of me that just wants to like, if someone tears me down, I just want to rip them down back. So often I kind of wish that these people would say it to my face so I could just give them a verbal beat down, but I find it's best not to. And I do say on my stories, like if you guys, if my followers do see someone commenting something nasty, not to respond because then that person always goes for them. And I I'm, I'm used to it because I've, I've had everything in the book said to me a hundred times over But I know, you know, if one of my followers commented, like, for example, that's not nice, you can't say that, and that person turns around and says, well, you're obese and disgusting, how's that going to make them feel if they're not really used to getting that comment? So, yeah, what I was going to say about that is that there definitely is a difference between promoting obesity and being body positive. I think the main message I want to get out there is that health does come in lots of different shapes and sizes because people come in lots of different shapes and sizes and that seems to be something that everyone forgets. Always. It reminds me a lot of the conversation we had around Tess Holiday a couple of months ago or it was yeah. the end of last year about how there's so much projected faux concern around 100%. weight. Everyone becomes a doctor. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's as if they have best interests at heart when you don't have, you know, the really tiny person on your mm-hmm. Instagram's best interests mm-hmm. at heart either. Like 100%. it's incredibly hypocritical. There's an amazing um, tweet slash quote and oh my God, I can't remember who said it, but it's, you know, there could be a skinny person on your Instagram feed that just eats like crap and no one would come after them saying, oh my God, you're unhealthy. And then you've got a bigger person who could just be eating salad every single day and then they bite into a slice of pizza and it's, oh my God, you're going to die of heart disease, blah, 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 which is very, very frustrating, I will say. But like I said, when I do get those comments, it does make me think I need to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, because often I get a bit down on myself, like, what really is my job? Like, what am I doing? So, yeah, I just sometimes need to remind myself that I am putting out a good positive message and sometimes those negative comments actually help me do that. Mm. How did modelling come about? We were talking before we jumped on the microphones that you began modelling at 21. Yes. How That's quite late in the modelling game, right? It is, yeah. yeah. How but, did it all happen for um, you? I think plus-size models have a bit of a longer... I'm going to hate myself saying this, but I can't think of any way else to put it, um, a longer shelf life than, <laughs> <laughs> than straight size models. <laughs> um, purely because a lot of plus size clothes are aimed at older women. So I started modeling, long story short, I won a model search and it was based a company based in Sydney. I flew over and did their campaign after never modeling before. No idea what I was doing. Basically just plonked me in the middle of a sand dune, had 14 people in front of me, a couple of cameras, and I just stood there with my hands by my side and smiled like I would in a school photo. Like what Zara's like every time we do a photo shoot. Just lose all sense of how to move my body. 100%. I had no idea. I wasn't aware of my hands. I wasn't aware of you know, how dead straight my fingers were. Like I looked like a robot. It was, yeah. And that photo shoot was for a national campaign to be in shopping center windows. So I was like going through my head, everyone I know is going to see this. Absolutely everyone. So it was terrifying, but 
from there, I basically got told, you know, being especially a plus size model, you're not going to work in Perth because Perth doesn't have a big um, modelling industry anyway. So even the straight size girls are told you need to move over east. So, yeah, I moved over east. I was lucky enough to get a um, contract with this company, which meant I worked with them every single week for about two years, which was enough for me to support myself and live in Sydney. So, yeah, I I got quite lucky in that sense because I think a lot of girls wait around quite a bit and do the odd job here and there where I was able to just go into it full time. And how was the modelling agency that you worked for, a company that you worked for, did they ever pressure you to lose weight? Because that is such a stigma in the industry, but is curve modelling or plus size modelling um, different? Not at all. My agency, I'm with Vivians, they are absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, very, very supportive. When I actually started modelling, I was a size 14 to 16. Now I'm about a 16, 18 on the bottom. And they're like, you know, if you're healthy and happy and you're, you know, living what you see to be an active and happy life, then we're happy for you. And you're out there to, you know, be who you are and represent bigger bodies in the industry. So you go, girl. (laughs) They're really great. It's funny that you are consistently using the term plus size model because I know Mm -hmm. that term itself Mm -hmm. is quite contentious and I'm not sure what the the correct terminology is what the preferred terminology is like do you just right. take reclaim that kind of word because totally why I, not? um i know a lot of girls do have an issue with it and i totally see why because for girls that aren't in the industry maybe getting called plus size when you're only a size 14 and six foot tall and you, you you're thin mm. <laughs> um that can be quite damaging and i get that and that's that's not okay so i do take issue with brands having like a plus size section like just just have all the sizes on the same rack and in the same area because I know when I was younger if I had to go into a plus size section that was like mortifying for me that was like oh my god people are going to see me shopping here oh my god but when I refer to myself and within the industry it's just it's just a term to me and it's just easier for the clients to say we want girls that are x y and z size and then my agent will just give you over to the plus size board. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, it is bizarre though, because the average woman is 14, like size 14 and above. Yeah. So to kind of segregate women by their sizes when you really think about it is It is very ridiculous. Up. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Coming up on the show, Kate explains what she fears the most about having spent the last few years as an influencer. But first, a word from our sponsors. So how did Anybody Co come about? Because I, I mean, I that's how I first stumbled upon you. Yeah, how we yes, did. Yeah. Lots of people, yeah. Uh, was that as much of an overnight success as it seemed? It was 100%. Wow. Blew my mind. <laughs> so I basically started with Georgia Gibbs. We were friends when we were in Sydney and we were sitting on the bed one day and we were like kind of having the conversation, what the hell's our purpose? Like... You know, we get up in the morning, go get our makeup done and stand in front of a camera and that's all we're doing. Um, and we were kind of like, we'd love, like, just to have a purpose behind what we're doing. And then her mum was on the phone at the time and we were kind of just having, like, a three-way conversation and her mum said, you know, you girls should, like, shoot together. And we were like, oh, that's a really good idea. And we had a photo already that we had taken when we were out one night, just two friends having a drink on the island in Sydney Um, (laughs) and Georgia was wearing a cook eye dress and 
Georgia already had maybe 200,000 followers opposed to my, you know, 2,000. And because she was wearing a Kukai dress, Kukai reposted her and I was the first plus size body to ever be on the Kukai Instagram page. Because, you know, they only only go size 1 and 2, which I think is a 10 to 12. Yeah, so that happened and the post blew up so many likes and I was like oh my god this is great they they love me um but then I clicked onto the comments section because I noticed there was probably about 800 plus comments and their usual engagement maybe was like 50 to 100 comments on the straight size models so yeah clicked onto the comment section and my god I was just blown away by the insults and the people also that were just shocked and happy to see a plus size model kind of like oh my god congratulating Kukai for posting this plus size model even though I wasn't even wearing their clothes yeah also the 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 nasty comments on there absolutely just blew my mind so yeah Georgia and I kind of just did a shoot together one day in similar swimwear and she was flying to the US that night and I was flying back to Perth we did the shoot in Sydney so yeah, I did the shoot. I ran to the airport still in my bathers and soaking wet to go back to Perth. And then, yeah, we, I think maybe a week later was International Women's Day and we posted one of the photos and it blew up. Like, I'm, I'm talking 10,000 followers overnight. It was nuts. And I think that was purely based on the hashtags International Women's Day and when we launched it. But yeah, it just it just took off and people were like mind blowing that there was a plus size model and a straight size model in the same photo, which I had never really seen before. I'm sure it was out there. I'm sure it was, but I'd never taken notice of it. So yeah, that just blew up and that was just a crazy whirlwind. And, you know, here I am now a model and an influencer. Mm. Um, so that's how the influencer side of your... Yeah, 100%. I, I was very small on social media wow. prior to that. I had no idea because mm-hmm. it was... I remember so clearly the moment that it blew up because mm-hmm. you guys were suddenly everywhere. You were on morning shows. Yep. You were on yep. doing interviews. In fact, yep. I actually interviewed was... you guys over email, I think, for Mamma Mia. Oh, did you? <laughs> but we didn't jump on the phone together because you guys were in... I think you must have been shooting for Sports Illustrated or casting oh, for Sports Illustrated, yep. maybe. Well, I, for someone who hadn't really been overseas maybe once or twice just with friends, I was suddenly in New York twice in one month and then London and then New York again and then London again and then back in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. I was all over the place. Wow. So your life really did change overnight. It really did. Yeah, it it absolutely took off and it was very, very overwhelming in a good way and also just mind-blowing what the hell am I doing Mm -hmm. kind of way. So how did you arrive at the decision to then kind of depart any body code? Because you, you're not associated with the brand No, anymore. I'm not anymore. We had different ideas of where we wanted to take the brand, which is fine. It wasn't bitter. Um, and also Georgia living in LA and me wanting to base myself back in Perth, where, as I said before, not a lot happens. Um, so, yeah, we just decided to go our separate ways and Georgia now looks after the account and I'm kind of doing my own thing of what I probably would have done with anybody on my own page and yeah yeah, so what is your career highlight you have packed so much in since Mm. anybody co what is the the moment that stands out for you in your career i think sports illustrated i know 
very cliche I say that every single time I get asked that question but definitely definitely Sports Illustrated that was crazy there was just a lot going on um I loved it so much because I knew I was there for me and to promote myself rather than to sell an item of clothing and rather than purely just being booked on the way that I looked I was there to give interviews and I was there to talk about body confidence and I was one of the three plus size models that have ever been in Sports Illustrated so that was really great as well yeah not a cliche thing to say keep saying over and over again either (laughs) I keep saying if it was me yeah yeah totally so Kate what we were talking about as well before we actually jumped on air is I think with the conversations that we've had with you in the last few months what a lot of people wouldn't understand about the way that you live your life is that it is very last minute and you are Mm -hmm. always traveling like you Mm -hmm. don't know where you're going to be next week it's a very unique way to live I don't think people would understand how last minute things come together walk us through what it's like to live like that well, I've been talking to you guys on email for how long? Being like, oh, I might be in Melbourne soon or whatever. <laughs> and then suddenly I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to be in Melbourne tomorrow. Um, so it is very last minute. I'm used to it now, but I don't want to complain about it because being able to see the world is amazing. Yeah. But I think what people don't think about is that I'm always alone and it's a very isolating lonely job I'm constantly leaving my comfort zone in Perth I'm leaving my family leaving my boyfriend leaving my best friends um to go and see the world on your own and I guess when I do travel I get off the plane I go straight to the hotel I then go to a studio and then back to the airport again it's not like I'm over there living my best life and sightseeing which I I do try to do, but also doing that by yourself in a foreign country is very scary for me. So yeah, I'm used to, I've nailed packing last minute. I'm very used to traveling by myself, but it just, just is lonely. Because it looks so glamorous from the outset. And I think that's what a lot of people don't see is that Mm -hmm. you should be allowed to comment on the fact that it's not as glamorous without people accusing you of perhaps complaining about the nature oh, 100%, of the job. Oh, 100%. But you, you feel like you are because I know it's an easy job and I know I'm very, very lucky to be doing it. Um, and sometimes I think if you do write about that stuff on Instagram or social media or wherever, it does come across a little bit ungrateful. Yeah. But it has really messed with my mental health, if I'm honest, when I was living in Sydney because I was living by myself. I was working with the same people only once a week and if I did do another job here and there it's not like I was building this rapport and making work friends it was just always alone always meeting new people which is a pretty anxious experience for me anyway so yeah I did get really lonely and I did end up having to move back to Perth just because I I knew I had to just for the sake of my mental health and how has that move been for you going back there do you feel it's really rooted you somewhere and you feel much more settled now 100% but also it has meant that my modeling has kind of taken a bit of a backseat and I am relying more and more on sponsored Instagram content. Um, But I am happier Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very lucky in the sense that I have clients that are willing to fly me all the way from Perth to either America or the Eastern States. How does it impact on a relationship? It must be hard to have, as you said, your boyfriend's a detective. Mm -hmm. It's quite a nine to five or like stable job. Yeah. Is that difference of lifestyles? It's something you have to navigate together? Yes and no. I think when we started talking, I was I hadn't become a model yet and we were very 
kind of on off, just kind of talking here and there. Are we dating? We know what you're talking about. I love it when we started talking as if it is like a textbook definition of a relationship stage. 100%. When we were hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So then I became a model. I was like, yep, okay, I've got to move to Sydney because is this going anywhere? Is it not? Who cares? See you later. Off to Sydney and we were still texting and very on off like I think I was like well are you going to commit to me and he's like how like we we can't even hang out you live in Sydney and I was like well why are you messaging me then um (laughs) but also don't stop messaging yeah but also don't stop and he didn't and so we're kind of very very on off and then when I moved back to Perth we've been together and fine ever since but I think because when we started out we were apart me going away for a month just seems like nothing. Mm. And what's also really great with his job, if he does night shift and I'm in America, we're on the same time zone anyway. So, yeah, it's actually, I've been quite fortunate with how that's worked out. <laughs> what's next for you? What's on the horizon? What's the plan? What do you want to do in the next few months to be year? Because we've seen you talk about this on your Instagram stories as well, I think, where you're kind of tossing up what you want to do in the next five yeah, years or so. totally. I just shot a cyberbullying campaign so that should come out soon which I'm very excited for um so in terms of modeling that's what I'm kind of waiting for next um but in terms of my life I often think about this I say to my friends all the time you know eventually when I'm not a model who knows when I just keep having this vision that I go in for an interview at you know, wherever. And I'm sitting in front of this CEO and he's like, so what are your talents? What are your skills? What qualifications do you have? And I go, I've been an influencer for 10 years. I've I've been a model. And he's like, oh, okay, next. (laughs) Like, so I do have that in the back of my mind. So I'm definitely considering going back to uni. What Um, would you do? I, when I started modeling was halfway through my uni degree and just thought, uni's always going to be there just going to take the ball by the horns and go for this and see where it gets me um so yeah halfway through that degree I think I would drop nutrition because I've definitely lost interest in that but health promotion I would really love to continue and probably also go into addiction studies oh addiction studies would be fascinating I I think so yeah definitely our last question of every In Conversation episode is always the same. Who are the people or women who inspire you? I have this written on my phone. Ooh, where my phone is. Amazing. We have had lots of people rattle off like a paragraph of names. I know, but it's Ooh, good nice. because you don't want to miss any as well, especially no, exactly. if you're talking about people in your life. Yeah, so these are the people that I really love following. I love following Iskra, Iskra Lawrence. She's a plus-size model from the UK. She's great. She does a lot of stuff with body positivity but not in a kind of oh just love yourself guys like not in that kind of way it's a lot deeper than that I do think a video she's been in is what's underneath on YouTube um where she's just kind of spoken about her journey with her body and um kind of with every question you remove an item of clothing so she ends up kind of just sitting there in her underwear and it's very (laughs) Um, very emotional, very raw, um, quite confronting, I would imagine, for her. So I think she's great. Obviously, Ashley Graham, just can't even name a plus-size model that probably wouldn't love her. I do love this woman called Claire. She goes by the name Recovery Brain Food on Instagram, and she talks a lot about um, 
disordered eating and her experiences and stuff that she still experiences in the workplace now. Um, for example, she walked into the work bathrooms the other day and there was a scale, like a set of scales had been placed there. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, because she's got to obviously go in and deal with people all being on diets and, you know, the culture. Also, Kensington Brenner. She, very similar thing to Recovery Brain Food, um, talks about her experiences and very raw, very real um, stuff that you can really, really relate to. And last but not least, um, my boy Stevie. Um, he goes by the name on Instagram, Bopo Boy. And he speaks about issues that guys face, which I don't think you see a lot of at all. Yeah, refreshing. Um, so, yeah, he's really great and actually um, caught the attention of Sam Smith the other day. And I saw him on Sam Smith's story and just lost my mind. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, my God, have you seen this? And he was like, no, what? And, yeah, um, so that's been really great. And then I've noticed Sam Smith kind of posting a bit of body positivity hey. here and there. And I'm like, yeah, boy, you did that. Um <laughs> So, yeah, they're definitely my favourites. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it has been well worth the wait of us trying to get you on. But when you're talking about women just then who sort of do great things for the body positivity movement that isn't shallow, I think that is you because there is such a need not just for body positivity but shit that's not shallow about it too. And that's why we love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, girls. Thank you so much for listening to this In Conversation episode of Shameless. If you loved listening to Kate's story, you can find her on Instagram at KateWoz. While you're there, you can find us too, if you like. We're at Shameless Podcast. We will see you guys on Monday. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.